It's time for All Things Gardening with Charlie Nardozzi, brought to you by Vermont Victory Greenhouses and Gardener Supply. Hey there, Charlie. Hi there, Mary. Well, it's no mistake that the new brightly colored, unusual perennial types drop in the coldest, darkest months to get gardeners jazzed up about springtime. So what's on the perennial horizon in terms of new colorful flowers this year? Yeah, this time of year, all those catalogs, I'm an old-fashioned catalog kind of person, uh, they come pouring in and you just sit there and drool at all the beautiful flowers. Or you go online and you see them there too. Uh, so I picked out a few that look really interesting to me and ones that I may try. And these are perennial flowers, of course, ones that die back and come back uh, year after year. They're all hardy to zone four, so they should grow in pretty much all the parts of Vermont. Uh, maybe the mountains might be a little tough for some of them. One is called Dark Side of the Moon. It's an astilbe. So you you know, astilbe is a shade plant. Uh, does really well with nice dark green leaves and white, pink, or red colored flowers. This one has black colored leaves and purple flowers. Woohoo! It gets up two to three feet tall. It's really a, an outstanding looking plant in the landscape, especially if you grow a whole bunch of them. If you like Dianthus or Sweet Williams with the silvery kind of blue foliage and nice spiky flowers, look like little carnations. Uh, this one is part of the Fruit Punch series. Uh, it's called Funky Fuchsia. A Dianthus that grows a beautiful fuchsia colored flower that's a double flower that you can actually cut and then use it as a cut flower indoors. So that's kind of a nice use for Dianthus that you normally may not think of. If you like Heliopsis, which are kind of those little sunflowery uh, flowers that are usually on plants that are about three feet tall, uh, this one called Bit of Honey uh, is one that has semi-double flowers to it, but it only grows two feet tall. So what's nice about this is that it'll fit in a small space and it's got variegated leaves, yellow and green leaves. Sedum Rockin' Round is one of those beautiful sedums that has yellow flowers to it, but this one has red stems and green leaves. So the combination of the red, green, and yellow is really kind of cool. And of course, sedum love hot, dry areas. So if you have a really well-drained soil, this is a good plant. And finally, Bluzette Perovskia. Perovskia, is, of course, is Russian sage. Most of the Russian sages grow three, four feet tall. They flop over. They look kind of messy in the landscape. This one doesn't do it because it only grows one to two feet tall, stays nice and compact. Great one for a container, too, as well as in the garden. So some ideas to think about when you're out there perusing all those catalogs and writing down some names so that when the spring, when you go to the garden center, maybe you'll find some of these. Oh, so fun. I love taking like a color wheel and seeing like what the colors that you might not think would go together. Often for me, those are my favorites in a flower garden. Here's this question from Brad in Kansas City, Missouri. And Brad writes, I enjoyed your National Gardening Association about Epsom salts. What are your thoughts on fertilizing orchids with a weak Epsom salt solution? Well, Brad, that's a nice idea because orchids do like magnesium. Of course, Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. Um, so it does help them grow better and flower better. But you have to be careful with any of these home remedies when you're trying to add them into a solution. If you look on the fertilizer that you're using for your orchids, usually it'll tell you what's in it. And if magnesium is in it, I would not do the Epsom salts because I would be a little concerned that you're going to overdo it. If you don't see any magnesium or sulfur, for that matter, in the ingredient list in your fertilizer, 
fertilizer, go ahead and try it. But I would do it at a very low level, like a teaspoon in a gallon of water, maybe three times a year as the orchid is starting to get growing and starting to grow and maybe sending up a flower stalk. That would probably be the best way to try it out and see if you notice any difference. Maybe do one orchid with that and one without and just see if there's any differences. Oh, yeah. Side-by-side comparison. Good idea. If you have questions, you can send them to Charlie Nardozzi. Visit vermontpublic.org. Search All Things Gardening and submit your question there. Thanks, Charlie. You're welcome, Mary, and I'll be seeing you in the garden.